Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, get ready to be energized and have some serious fun. This is the Energetic Education Podcast. Introducing your host, Dale Sidebottom. Welcome to episode number 65 of the podcast and today I have got an all-time idol of mine on the podcast and one that um, I actually can't believe has happened and for me personally this book and I have spoken about this in one of the early episodes, I think it was number 33 or something like that, where I sat down with Tim and James from Free Agency or two really good mates of mine who actually introduced me to the book The Go-Giver. Now, all that time has passed and um, since then I've really taken to this thing of giving and that the more you give, you know, the happier you will be. And uh, I wrote a blog post about this about two weeks ago and out of the blue, Bob Berg, the author of The Go-Giver, actually tweeted me and started following me on Twitter and like this was amazing enough in itself. But anyway, after we had a little bit of a chat, I got the courage to ask him if he would be a guest on the podcast. And the reason being is that this book has got so many educational benefits in it that all teachers and all students should be reading it and spreading the message that this little book of gold actually brings across. And to my great pleasure, I can introduce Bob Berg today. He has taken up time from his crazy busy schedule as he's just released a new book called The Go-Giver Influencer. Um, and I'm sure you're going to take so much away from today's chat. So enjoy this. I personally love this interview and it was such an honour to have Bob on the podcast. Hopefully you enjoy it as much as I did. What a great treat. I've got Bob Berg here today. Bob, thank you so much for being on the podcast. How are you, buddy? Yeah, it's my absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Now, for people that uh, haven't heard of Bob before, and uh, it is a great honour for me, I was just saying before, I'm a little bit nervous and I haven't felt this way for a while, but Bob, you reached out to me through a tweet a while ago and um, yeah. it really, really touched me, mate. Is that something that you do often, you know, that uh, if people are mentioning your work or things you're doing or just things you believe in, that you generally reach out to them? Yes, that's that's something I do as far as general practice goes. I just believe it's important if someone acknowledges your work that you should, you know, reach out and at least thank them. Yeah, and I think that really goes with exactly what we're going to talk about today. And and the amazing reason I've got you on here is because of a book that I actually read. It was given to me by a couple of good mates, Tim and James, about a year and a half ago, and it's changed my life. But for people that haven't read your book, Bob, would you mind just giving a little bit of a background and history about yourself before we get into the first go-giver? Sure. Well, I began as a broadcaster, first on radio and then television, and then I got into sales and then uh, started to really study sales. And as, as part of studying sales, I really began to immerse myself in personal development because that's really a, a big part of sales is to build yourself on the inside. And to the degree you build yourself on the inside, that's typically the degree that success will manifest itself on the outside. Uh, in performance and so forth. So uh, that was something I, I really enjoyed and worked my way up to sales manager of a company. And eventually people started asking me to teach them what was working for me. And uh, it kind of turned into a speaking business. And from there, I began writing books and so forth. So I've been doing that for quite a while now. 
Nice. So I suppose the idea come from uh, personal experience where you were just really good at what you did and people are like, wow, Bob's actually killing it here. How, how can I be part of that? And then is that where the idea came from putting that down into a story like base around Joe? Are you Joe in your story? Well, I think we've all been Joe or Josephine at some time in our uh, at some point in our life where we had the potential and we were maybe close to kind of breaking through and and doing some good things, but there was something holding us back and usually what's holding back ourselves holding us back uh, is ourselves, <laughs> right? Yep. And so uh, that's why when we can kind of step into growth and begin uh, really expanding our self-knowledge first, which is really where it begins. It's understanding ourselves, understanding our strengths, and also understanding our weaknesses, uh, knowing those weaknesses that we can that we can ignore because they're not a big deal, but knowing that there are other weaknesses we need to mitigate before they get out of hand, and there are other weaknesses that we need to turn into strengths because otherwise we won't be able to reach the kind of potential that we can. And so it's being honest enough with ourselves to to delve deep and see where we are in that way. And then also recognizing our strengths and further developing them. Uh, so, you know, I think a lot of it's important. With The Go-Giver, that came about because I had a, in my first book, which was which was published in the early mid-90s, excuse me, was called Endless Referrals, which was a book for salespeople on how to cultivate and develop relationships with people that would result in, in new qualified prospects and referrals and introductions. And the, the premise of the book itself was that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. Uh, it was a how-to book and it was very successful and uh, I'm very grateful for that. Um, but I'd always read uh, business parables, or at least since I'd been in sales, I'd read a lot of business parables, short stories that had a message. And I was always captivated by them. And I thought, wow, wouldn't it be great if we could take the basic premise of endless referrals and put it into a story, into a, a short business parable? And I thought, well, okay, so what's the the main characteristic? What's the essence of a person who who is able to consistently develop those know, like, and trust relationships? And the, the, the main characteristic was that they were always giving. They were giving value to others. They were always focused on providing value to others. And so we kind of came up with the name, The Go-Giver. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, I reached out to John David Mann, who I knew was a brilliant, brilliant writer who happened to be the editor-in-chief of a magazine I was writing for at the time. And I asked John if he would be the lead writer and storyteller because he's such a great writer. And fortunately, he agreed. <laughs> and so we uh, got together on the book. And, you know, from there, it's been a, a very fun ride. I can imagine. And from there, you've gone on and obviously written another four books. And the main one, though, I want to talk about is a go-giver because, Bob, that, that's really changed my life. And I suppose for me personally and a lot of the audience are teachers, educators, parents, um, and dealing with young children and molding them as they come up. And I think we've got a really really important role to play in society you know if we do our job right we're going to have mm -hmm. very successful people as we go up and things but your method and the way you go about your story is based at business but what I got out of it I got a lot that can be taken and really should be taught from a young age in the classroom now did you sort of mean that to be a really general broad term the go-giver not just for business but for in life in general Oh, absolutely. And that's why we had a subplot in there about uh, Joe and his wife, Susan. 
uh, because we, you know, John and I have both found in our, our lives and in our businesses that universal laws and principles pretty much work across the board. Uh, you know, success, of course, can be measured in many ways. There's financial, but there's also physical, spiritual, mental, emotional, social, relational, and probably a dozen other ways. Yep. And typically, that which works in terms of a, a, the, the principle or law that works in one area pretty much works in the other. Yeah, and I think that's a really good way of looking at it. And one thing that really hit home with me, and, and for educators that haven't read the book, it's a fantastic read. It, it'll take two hours max. So anybody that says they're, they're really time poor, it's not really an excuse because it is such an easy book to read. And to be honest, you won't want to put it down because you're enjoying it so much. But oh, one, of the, one of the characters in there, the CEO, Nicole Martin, that actually – when I was reading that, it really resonated with me and it, it made me take the leap of faith and resign from my teaching job and actually start running oh this goodness. business, Energetic Education, Bob. So I personally want to thank you. But um, for these wow. characters, yeah, <laughs> it's a big one, I suppose, mate. But um, are these characters, I know you said everybody can feel a little bit in Joe or things like that. Are Nicole or Panda or any one of those, are they based on actual people that you know? Well, uh, some of them are, they're, they're more um, compendiums, I guess you could say, where there's maybe a few character, few people that John and or I knew in our own lives that we, that we put into the story, more through different examples from real life that made their way into the story. Uh, but for, for example, uh, the mentor, the main mentor, Pindar, is, is modeled loosely on a guy named Bob Proctor, who is a a, a well-known mentor to many and speaks on prosperity. And we, we sort of pictured uh, Pindar looking like him and sounding like him and, and so forth. Now, uh, Nicole, the CEO, who, as you know, in the story, started out as a school teacher and then developed a business around education, uh, learning systems for children. That was actually modeled. She was actually modeled uh, off of a woman that I dated many years ago, whose name was, <laughs> yeah, whose name was Annette, who was a, a school teacher. And just like uh, Nicole in the story, uh, Annette loved teaching. She loved her students. The students and the parents loved her, but she wasn't really making the kind of money she needed to make to have a comfortable life that she wanted. And she was very frustrated by the bureaucracy. Uh, I don't know if, if in the beautiful land down under, uh, the education department or system has bureaucracy, but we have it here in the uh, United States in terms of the school yeah, I system. Think, so. I think it's all over the world, but I do a lot of travel now and present around <laughs> the world, and I think uh, the same issues are evolving everywhere, buddy, yeah. <laughs> and so, um, so what she did is part-time just to make some extra money, and this is where it differs a little bit, of course, from Nicole, but what Annette did is part-time, she began tutoring students, and she got so busy that she had to, she, she left her job as a teacher because she was making so much money as a tutor. And she was in such demand that she had to actually farm out a lot of work to other tutors. And she did very, very well. She made a great living and she loved what she did. And so that, so, so Nicole was loosely modeled, uh, after Annette. I think uh, I think that's really cool that um, people you ha have used real life examples, but then you've also mm -hmm. put it in a way that uh, it can relate to anybody. Because I'm sure right. business executives all around the world, parents could relate to some of the parenting things in there, and I could obviously relate to one of the teachers. And I know that my listeners will as well. Now, 
The main reason I loved it so much is there's so many educational messages that, um, from a teaching point of view, I think are crucial that we're teaching young children coming up. Now, I know that there's um, curriculum around it and that a lot of teachers around the world actually read the book in the classroom now and then they use it to learn. Now, was that actually, did you think this would ever go as crazy as it has, Bob? Well, we thought there'd be a, a good business market for it. We we didn't know that it would make its way into schools, into churches, into sports teams, into you know all over the place. Um, we, you know, we thought it was more going to be for uh, you know corporate and entrepreneurs and salespeople. So it's been a real pleasant surprise that it's really spread out as it has. And with the, with the school systems, it was really because there was one educator, Randy Stelter, who, who started teaching the, you know, right out of the book. And then he wrote to us to let us know what he was doing. And, and he asked if he could put together a a curriculum for it. And it was very nice of him to ask because we appreciate that someone would do that. And, um, and so he was working out of a, an informal curriculum, but he, he continued to develop it. And eventually what's interesting is, you know, my family, John's family, uh, Randy's family, we all became great friends. Well, John and I were friends anyway, but, but you know, with, with Randy and uh, Randy's family. And so we got to really know him over the years and became a great friend. And so when he said, you know, what do you think of the idea of a curriculum? We said, you know, just go for it. Let's do it. And so Randy wrote up basically what he'd been using. He went very much into detail and, uh, you know, sent it to John and me and we kind of gave our two cents, but, but really, you know, he did such a fantastic job. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And, and for teachers listening along, I'll have links in the show notes um, where you can go and actually check out the curriculum and see different questions and way that you can implement this into your teaching. Because um, after all, two hours to read the book um, and then there's so many educational benefits from it. And one of the, the big things I love about this book, Bob, and it took me a little bit to get my head around this, that... Um, that 50-50 is a losing proposition where um, a lot of people in life and I know that if I give somebody something then I would return I would obviously hope that that would come in return but when you actually keep score and say you owe me this or you owe me that it's a losing proposition and I I couldn't get my head around that at the start but now I do and I I really embrace that in my everyday life and it's because of this book but for people out there that may think oh that's not fair they owe me this or they did this what what do you mean by 50 50 is a losing proposition sure well it's a great question a lot of people will say you know 50, it will say, you know, 50, 50, I give a little, you give a little, but again, that's keeping score. And when keeping score, you can both benefit a little bit, but never really that much because what happens with 50, 50 is you're typically sort of in a context of thinking, well, I want, okay, I gave this, I want to make sure before I give any more that I'm getting this back from this part, right? And, And you're, you know, you're watching it. You're, you're watching out for yourselves in that way. When two people have what we call a 100 relationship, both parties are focused on bringing value to the other person. You're watching out for the other person, for their best interests. And what happens with those kinds of relationships is when you've got two people both focused on bringing value to the other without concern for what they're they're getting back, then typically what happens is you've got both people giving so much that you're both receiving 
much more in value than what you're giving. Now, someone might say, well, wait a second, Bob, but what if, you know, you're giving that 100% and this person's just a taker and they're not, well, don't have a relationship with them. Why would you? So there's nothing about being a go-giver that says you should be taken advantage of. There's nothing about it that's self-sacrificial or, or you know, uh, being a martyr or anything like that. You, you choose who you have relationships with. Now, you want to start with trust, of course, until someone proves they can't be trusted uh, or that they don't operate the same way. But a lot of times you you might come across people who just they don't know about this sort of thing. And when they see that you're looking to give value to them and you're not demanding anything in return, well, they respond to this in a very positive way. You've now brought someone up to your level as opposed to going down to their level. Uh, one, of the, uh, one of the examples we use in the book to point this out was when uh, Joe, who you know, he and he and his wife, Susan, had 50, had a 50, 50 relationship. Right. And they weren't really happy with one another. And he asked Pindar, what was the secret? What was his secret of being married so long and having such a happy marriage? And Pindar said that he was actually that his secret was that it was 100, that he was more concerned with his wife's happiness than he was for his own. And Joe said, well, wouldn't that be called codependent and and Pinder said well you know what I would call it and Joe said happy <laughs> and Pinder said yes but here's the thing and, and and very seriously of course we're not talking about a codependent relationship we're not talking about being married to someone or in any kind of relationship with someone where you're doing all the giving and they're doing all the taking and that's what it is okay no not not anything like that at all we're talking about two people who genuinely respect and care for the other person and they take pleasure in the other person's happiness they're both giving 100 percent now if someone says oh that's fine for a story but it wouldn't work in real life well i'll just tell you my parents have been married 61 years now and that story in that in that part in the story came from a conversation i had with my dad when i was about 12 years old and i had asked him how is it that, you know, so many of my friends' parents are getting divorced and you and mom have such a, you know, a well-known happy marriage and the two of you love each other so much. And what he said is, Bob, when you really, really love someone, you actually care more about their happiness than you do about your own. And again, he wasn't talking about a codependent type of relationship. They both adored each other. They both not only loved each other, but liked each other. And, you know, it, so I think it speaks for itself. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And um, I think for people out there that one, one thing I suppose it's done for me, Bob, is that it's allowed me to see the people that may not be your really good friends or may not be great influence to be around. And by allowing that sort of challenge, that's what it does. Would you sort of agree like that? It's a good way to maybe fish people out that uh, you may not need to have in your life. Well, sure. But, and remember too, that there are some people who, yeah, they're not going to be the 100, 100 type. Okay. But there may be other things about them that for whatever reason you enjoy or, or that you can, uh, yeah, or they may be family members or they may be people that you used to be friend, good friends with. And, you know, maybe you see them from time to time. They're probably not people that you want to totally invest yourself in or, 
continue to totally invest yourself in, but there may, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. so, you know, there, there are people who are in your life sometimes that despite certain things about them, there are other qualities they have that, you know, make it so that you're fine to be around them sometimes, but you're, but I agree with you totally. You're not going to make that person such a, a deep, important part of your life because you know that they don't have the same interest in, in you as you have, uh, you know, as, as you have. Yeah, and I think that's a really good way of putting it. Now, uh, Bob, I know how busy you are, mate, and I do appreciate your time. So just for people out there, um, I, as I said, I'll have show notes galore with where you can get the amazing things that you're creating. Now, you've got um, in the Go-Giver series, there's four books. There's a Go-Giver, there's Go-Giver Sells More, there's a Leader and the Influencer. Now, is the Influencer, I actually haven't seen or heard of this until I started doing a little bit more research about uh, for this episode. Um, do you want to explain a little bit about the four different books. Um, obviously, I've read the first, uh, I've read The Leader and The Go-Giver, and I, I just can't, I've, I think I've read The Go-Giver 50 plus times. I, I try and read it every two <laughs> weeks just because I absolutely love it, Bob, and I think it's so amazing. Wow. It, it just grounds me all the time. But do you want to just give a little bit of a, a shout-out, I suppose, for the other great work that you've done as well? Well, thank you. Um, after The Go-Giver, John and I wrote, Go-Givers Sell More, which is the only one in the series that's not a parable. Uh, although it's not exactly a how-to book. It's more of a um, it's more of a guide in terms of how the go-giver itself would be put into action. Um, the next one we did was a parable called The Go-Giver Leader, and that's because so many people said, well, the original book was really about you know, salespeople and entrepreneurs. How would a leader utilize these, these laws? And so that's uh, how we came up with that. And then this latest one, The Go-Giver Influencer, and of course the term influence has had a part in every one of our previous books. This one we decided to really go deep with the with the topic of influence, because we feel we're living in a time uh, right now where people, you know, dialogue, and this is, by the way, whether we're talking about, about family members, friends, coworkers, politicians, political pundits, or the tens of millions of people on the internet, today's discussions are no longer discussions, but rather fueled up, hate-filled, right, uh, diatribe-spewing insults of people. I don't know if that's going on down there where you are, but up here we're, you know, we're really, it seems like our country is so divided and my friends in the UK tell us the same thing. And we hear about this all over the world and conversation has really shut down. And what people aren't doing is they're not influencing. They're not persuading. Uh, they're simply yelling and shouting and insulting. And so while we, again, put this in the, the context of a, of a business story, these are really principles in terms of how to communicate in a way that is much more productive, much kinder, much more respectful, and much more influential and productive. Yeah, I, I really like that. And I suppose, as you did mention, we, we are in a time now where it's, it is really exciting, social media, the internet, and things like that. But it's also a scary time because, you know, there's so many distractions. People can't stay present. Our well-being is affected because we've got a million devices. We've got social media. We've got so many things going on. Bob, just the last couple of questions. How do you stay on top of your game? Because 
Obviously, you are super busy. I know you're doing a lot of interviews at the moment. It's um, it's 8 p.m. for you. You've had a massive day. Is there things that you do in your daily routine to make sure you're on top of your game? And and by listening to your voice, mate, you're bubbly. You're, you're happy. And is there things <laughs> is there things that contribute to that? I, I think it's loving what I do and having a purpose. Uh, I really believe so much in this message that I just want to share it as much as I can with anyone who wants to be in conversation about it. And so I think when you can you know, go to a job where it's really what you want to be doing, which doesn't mean, of course, that I love everything about you know what I do, but the, <laughs> my, my general uh, profession uh, and what I do during the day, I really love and have a passion for it. So I, I think that helps. I, and I think that's a really good point. If people are out there listening that are not enjoying what they're doing, you only get one life. So my advice, and I think yours is there too, is to uh, yeah make sure it's impactful and that you really enjoy it. Now, Bob, last question. After selling 700,000 plus books, being a world dominator, what's next, mate? What's next for Bob Berg? Really, the the only thing that's next is just this book that with the the Go Giver Influencer. This is the one that I really feel as though I want to take to that next next level and have it just become immersed in the marketplace. I think communication right now is at such a low point in our society uh, that I I want to do my part if I can to to kind of bring it up to another level. Perfect. And and for those people listening, you can go and check out the four books that Bob's just mentioned, um, as well as getting a lot of different samples. So, and that's one thing I really like about your website, Bob, is that uh, people, if they don't know anything about the book, they don't have to just go out and buy it. There's so many samples, there's so many extracts, there's work, there's curriculum, there's takeaways, there's videos of John and yourself. I think you've covered all bases, mate. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> listeners, go on there, check it out, because from myself, I've listened and read this book a number of times, and it has changed my life. So, Bob, personally, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast, but also thank you for taking the time to create such an amazing piece of work because you have made a really big impact on my life. Well, thank you, Dale, and it's people like you who are the reason that this book has really taken off as it has. You're the you're the ambassadors of this message, and you're the embodiment of this message, and what you're doing is really making a, a big difference in the world, so keep up the great work, mate. Perfect. Thanks, Bob. Stop! Don't go anywhere! If you love today's episode, then you will love to stay up to date with everything we are producing. If you are part of the Apple family and have an iPhone or an iPad, simply go to Energetic Education on iTunes and you'll be able to download our new app for free. This app has all of our videos we've created, our blogs, and every episode of the podcast where you will never miss another episode. So go and download today and start enjoying this free app.